Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and this week I have a funny story I dug up from the 1920s about Charlie Chaplin's horrible grammar, and a meaty middle about a phenomenon that linguists call S-backing. That's when people pronounce words like street and strip as street and strip. And finally, a shout-out to a featured listener. And now, on to grammatical celebrity gossip from the 1920s. In 1927, Charlie Chaplin and his young wife, Lita Gray Chaplin, were as famous as Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner are today. And when they divorced, Lita dished to the press about Charlie's horrible grammar. Yes, his grammar. In tabloid tones, the San Jose Evening News duly recounted dueling stories of just how dumb the divorcing partners could make each other look. After a scandalous three-year marriage to Lita Gray Chaplin, she was underage and pregnant when they wed, Charlie Chaplin told the world that his bride was, quote, not intellectually satisfying, unquote. In return, the spurned Lita told the San Jose Evening News that the two had tried to learn Latin and French together, but couldn't because Charlie had such a poor grasp of grammar. The writer, Dan Thomas, reported that, quote, Charlie Chaplin may have been a pretty fair actor, according to the girl wife, now living alone with her babies in the Chaplin mansion in Beverly Hills, but oh boy what he didn't know about the relative pronoun. Unquote. Isn't that a hoot? You can read the whole article in the March 3, 1927 San Jose Evening News, which I found through the Google News Archive. And now, our piece on S-backing by Neil Whitman. I need to start this next segment with a warning. I'm going to talk about something that you may never have noticed, but after listening to this segment, you won't be able to not notice it. Are you ready? Okay, listen to how I pronounce the words in this next sentence. I painted a stripe straight down the middle of the street, then struck a pose as I straddled the line. Did you catch it? I'm sure you did. I pronounced all the words that began with an S-T-R consonant cluster as if they actually began with an S-H. Instead of stripe, street, straight, struck and straddled, I said stripe, street, straight, struck, and straddled. 
Linguists call this pronunciation S-retraction or S-backing because the S-H sound is made with the tongue slightly farther back inside the mouth than it is for the S sound. So you're moving the S farther back in your mouth. It's called S-backing. When I first read about it, I didn't know what the author was talking about. But pretty soon, I heard it for myself. For a while, I was keeping track of the various people I heard. But there are too many for me to keep track of now. Some speakers consider this a mispronunciation, given that the words are spelled S-T-R, not S-H-T-R. That's true enough, but let's widen our focus a bit. Let's look at words that start with just T-R, like truck, trap, and transmogrify. If you listen carefully, you can hear that for many speakers, the T is actually pronounced more like a CH sound. Listen again. Instead of saying truck, trap, and transmogrify, I'm saying truck, trap, and transmogrify. It's a more subtle difference, but kids who are just learning to spell will sometimes even write these words with a CH instead of a T. Except for transmogrify. By the time they're trying to spell that, their spelling skills are probably advanced. The point is, nobody calls this a mispronunciation. If they notice it at all, they figure it's just how T is pronounced when it comes before an R. In the same way, for speakers who say stripe and street, that's just how S is pronounced when it comes before a T-R. Changes in pronunciation like these happen all the time in every spoken language. In fact, sound changes like this one are the kind of language change that's been studied most intensively and for the longest time. In the old days, we could only study sound changes on dead languages, such as the changes that Latin underwent as it evolved into the modern Romance languages, or changes that happened to archaic Germanic languages as they evolved into modern ones, such as English, German, and Swedish. Nowadays, though, we can observe sound changes as they happen. If you've encountered S-backing, you've been hearing language history in the making. Two of the most fundamental questions about these sound changes are why they happen in the first place and how they spread to new speakers. So why does S-backing happen? Several linguists have offered opinions. One possibility is that it's a continuation of the same sound change that turns those T's into CH sounds in words like truck. The S is turning into SH to be more familiar to the CH that comes right after it, a process called assimilation. However, linguist Michael Shapiro argues against this idea. He points out that the T to CH rule that operates on TR clusters, like those in the word truck, has an exception. It doesn't happen in STR clusters. If I put an S in front of truck to get struck, I pronounce it struck, not as struck. This is true for many S backers, too, who pronounce it as struck. Not as such struck, I can't even do it, a fact noted by linguists Richard Janda and Brian Joseph. Shapiro's solution is to say that the T in the middle of the cluster is irrelevant, 
and that the S turns into SH to be more like the R that comes at the end. After all, both SH and R are pronounced with the tip of the tongue pulled back somewhat. But yet another linguist named Wayne Lawrence argues that assimilation doesn't work that way, skipping over some consonants in order to affect others. The most likely possibility comes from still another linguist named David Durian, who argues that instead of assimilating to a sound that comes later, the S is assimilating to a sound that comes earlier. In his study, he found that the words that were pronounced with a retracted S most often were those where the STR cluster came after the vowels E, as in a long E, as in C, and I, the short I, as in sit, in words like destroy and restrict. This is a very reasonable kind of assimilation, because these vowels are pronounced with the tongue raised high inside the mouth, and so is sh, at least higher than it is for plain old s. But wait a minute, I hear you saying. What about all those words that begin with str? This gets to the second question of why sound changes spread. Janda and Joseph argue that although a sound change begins with some kind of phonetic condition, if it hangs around long enough, it begins to be affected by other things. In this case, speakers seem to have generalized it from str after certain vowels to str anywhere, sometimes even across words. In fact, I even heard Michelle Obama, who does a lot of S-backing, do it in the phrase parents trying, which she pronounced as parents trying. Janda and Joseph note that for some speakers, S-backing shows signs of generalization even further, to any consonant cluster beginning with S. Examples they've heard include still, screen, and understand. In addition to spreading to different phonetic contexts, there's also a social aspect to how sound changes spread. Durian's study in Columbus, Ohio, found that it correlated with a speaker's pride in living in or having lived in an urban area, as well as with age. Younger speakers do more S-backing than older speakers. One more linguist, Katherine Campbell-Kibler, looked at the social aspect from the opposite direction. How do others perceive speakers who have S-backing? Campbell-Kibler found that varying combinations of S-backing, S-fronting, otherwise known as lisping, and so-called G-dropping, for example, fission instead of fishing, could affect whether a speaker was perceived as intelligent or unintelligent, gay or straight, from the American South, or from the country. One commenter on a blog post I wrote on this subject said that S-backers were perceived as having lower social class in the UK. But here in the United States, another commenter reported hearing it from NPR reporters and on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So whatever generalization you're tempted to make about speakers that use S-backing, don't take it too seriously, because it's probably more complicated than you think. And now that you know about S-backing, get ready to hear a lot more of it in your lifetime as it gains strength and makes strides. That piece was written by Neil Whitman, who has a Ph.D. in linguistics and blogs at literalminded.wordpress.com.
Thanks, Neil. Finally, this week's featured listener is Steve Nath, who's an EFL teacher working in La Paz, Bolivia, which he notes is 12,000 feet above sea level. Wow. He said, quote, I'm writing to tell you how much I appreciate your podcasts. A lot. Searching for new and interesting listening exercises is a constant enterprise for world language instructors. One of the things I really like is that the transcripts of your podcasts are available on your webpage. Students can listen in and read the transcripts simultaneously. And when they read out loud while listening, they can compare their pronunciation with yours. Mil gracias, Steve. P.S. My students would flip out if you gave them a shout-out on the podcast. Well, thanks, Steve. I hope they're flipping out right now. Hello, students. Keep up the good work in Bolivia. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find all the Grammar Girl articles at quickanddirtytips.com. It also helps the show if you support our sponsors. So if you're so inclined, please use the promo code GRAMMAR if you sign up at lifelock.com or the promo code GRAMMARGIRL if you sign up at verbling.com. And I'll put all the links I've mentioned in the show notes that you should be able to see on your device. That's all. Thanks for listening. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.